there's conflicts. The whole subject of conflict I'm talking about this morning, the subject of conflict, the subject of disagreement, the subject of confrontation. I want to address that this morning by the grace of God. We find quite a bit of it in the Bible. You find uh, Abraham and Lot had confrontation in Genesis chapter 13, verse 7, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And these, these were... These were these are relatives, blood relatives. You mean to tell me relatives fight? In Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. And that got, that got serious. They, they, they said, and the children of Israel, uh, 250 leaders of Israel challenged Moses' authority, said, you take too much on yourself. You're, 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 you're bossy. You're bossy. You're, you're telling us what to do too much. And they challenged, well, you know what happened. If you know the Bible. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 39, we see a conflict between Paul and Barnabas. Now, Paul and Barnabas were, were, were like soul workers together. They had gone on the missionary journeys together, risked their lives together. And here they are at such a sharp disagreement over John Mark that they separated from each other. I don't know about you, but that saddens me. What I want to concentrate on passage in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14 is our text verse. It's about Peter and Paul, and no, there was no Mary. For you old 60s people. But when Peter was come to Antioch, and I withstood him to the face, as Paul speaking, because he was to be blamed. They got, they got in each other's face. Amen? I've had people do that to me. I had somebody do that to me going door to door yesterday. The guy got right in my face with his finger. Man, I wanted to knock his head off. <laughs> but I blessed him. The Bible says, bless them to curse you. So I blessed him. I said, look, you're welcome to come over to my house. We'll sit down and have a cup of tea and have a glass of tea and talk it out. He said, you wouldn't like it if I came over to your house. I said, no, it'll be all right. I believe I passed that test, one of the few. But they got in each other's face. It says in verse 12, therefore, before that certain came to James and did eat with the Gentiles, but when, they were, when Peter came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them. They were of the circumcision. And the other Jews assembled likewise with him, as much as even Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. And when I saw that they walked not uprightly, this is Paul speaking, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, in other words, he didn't worry about embarrassing Peter. He just said this in front of the whole world. If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not, do, not as do the Jews, why compel us to the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? In other words, he's basically telling him, you're a hypocrite. Peter! Peter, now we're talking Peter. Peter, James, and John. The list of the inner circle is always Peter, James, and John. You're a hypocrite. You got in each other's face. I can help you, by the grace of God, solve a lot of mysteries. A lot of mysteries can be solved today. I believe some marriages in trouble in this room. I'm not thinking of anybody particularly. But there's a group this big, there are marriages in trouble. It can help you. 
There are preachers, why some preachers are frustrated with their congregations and ready to quit. Why some congregations are disappointed with their pastor and wish he would quit. Why fellow employees and employers are at wit's end with each other and wish they would quit. Historically, there's always been clashes between God's people. We're talking about God's people. John Wesley clashed with George Whitfield. It was a big rivalry between them clash. It shouldn't have happened. J. Frank Norris, which is, bit, which is by the founder of Independent Baptist, by the way. J. Frank Norris clashed with John R. Rice. John R. Rice, sweet man. Uh, J. Frank Norris clashed with J.B. Vick, also. Yeah. J. Frank Norris was quite the guy. John Rice clashed with Bob Jones, Jr. John Calvin clashed with Martin Luther. And all these were strong leaders, but each had a corresponding weakness that they struggled with. You see, here is what we want. We want somebody's asset, but we don't want their liability. We want the asset of strength that they have, but we don't want the weakness of impetuousness, which comes with strength. We want aggressiveness without the liability of being overbearing, but overbearing comes with aggressiveness once in a while. I'm not saying all the time, right? I had one of the ladies of the church come to me years ago, and she's not here anymore. They're gone. They live in North Dakota. <laughs> They'd come to me one day. No, it's not them. It's not these North Dakota folks. There's other people in North Dakota. There's three other people in North Dakota. <laughs> the, uh, the woman said, uh, I wish my husband was a strong leader a decision maker like you. Excuse me for laughing, but I know what's coming. She said, I wish that my husband was like you. I said, you do? You wish he was like me? Yes, I wish he would be decisive and a strong leader. I looked at her, and I'll be honest with you, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. I said, yeah, you, you'd want me till I told you you couldn't do something. And then when I left in the morning, I gave you a list of things to do that when I came home that night, they should be done. <laughs> you, you, you'd love me till I went and bought something that I didn't ask your permission for. I bought, I bought you a car and you never got to see it. Now, that's stuff I've done. I bought my wife a vehicle and brought her home and said, how do you like it? She said, oh, I love it. See, I'm married to a woman that asset liability, man. And so I said, you wouldn't want me. We wouldn't last together for two weeks. If we'd have dated, we'd have dated one time and never dated again. Because I would have irked you terribly and you would have irked me terribly. In fact, you're irking me right now. It's just, I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly on that, but it's true. People in the Bible, they, they struggle, they struggle. 
We're not alone on this. I got, I got a little something on the back of this. I got a little addition in handwriting here. What we want is you want a husband, ladies, ladies, you want a husband that notices your new hairdo. Boy, that's really tough, isn't it, man? My wife will come in and say, do you notice something? You want a husband to notice your new dress, but then doesn't notice your recent weight gain. I hate to tell you this, but the two are together. You want a husband that notices your new hairdo and your new dress, but doesn't notice that you didn't do the dishes and, and the, the sink's full of dishes and your laundry's not done when he comes home. You want him to bypass that, that little subject. People struggle. People in the Bible struggle with this. Barnabas was a strong leader. If you want a strong leader like Barnabas, you better expect to have an occasional clash with Paul over John Mark, which we read. If you want a fearless defender of the faith like Paul, you better expect a possible face-off with the Apostle Peter in front of Barnabas and everybody else once in a while. If you want an aggression, aggressive, uh, go-getter person like Paul, you better count on him to be impatient once in a while and make some thoughtless statements. If you want a broken-hearted, tender Weeping Jeremiah, expect once in a while to have him go into a fit of depression so deep that he wants to quit because those assets and liabilities go together. Our problem is you see, you see the strength, but you don't want the weakness. This is good marriage counsel. This is good counsel, period. Relationships, long-term relationships. Let me say this. You're never going to be with anybody very long if you don't understand what I'm preaching about this morning. You have to take the liability with the asset. And if you're not willing to accept the liability, you're not also going to get the asset. You just got to be willing to overlook the liability in certain cases. People come to me oftentimes after church and says, I can't believe your wife stays with you. <laughs> well, if I ever said that about my wife, uh, she'd have left me a long time ago. I said, I'm a man. I'm the man of my house. <laughs> she knows who I am. She sees the liability, but she, oh, yeah. Sometimes he's a jerk, but most of the time he's nice. <laughs> the problem is you see the liability without the asset. You say, man, I can't believe she can live with him. Well, that's because you don't see the asset. I'm a good maintenance man. <laughs> if you can take away... The strength, you take away the weakness and vice versa. If you want a man of love like John the Apostle was, you could expect him to want to seat beside Jesus before you got it because he wants to be close to the Lord. You could expect him to do that. If you want a leader like Moses, 
who can get up before Pharaoh fearlessly and claim, let my people go. You could expect him once in a while and occasionally to have an anger problem and strike the rock rather than speak to it. If you want a bland, milk toast, please all leader like Aaron, expect him once in a while to give in to compromise and to bring rock music into the church. I think Aaron brought something worse than rock music. Beside bringing rock music into the church, he brought all kinds of stuff into the church. But that's who Aaron was. He was, he was somewhat of a pacifist. Our problem is that we want the attractive virtues without the unattractive virtues. Let me just go through a list of people here. Husbands. You want the most beautiful woman in the world that nobody looks at. Ladies, you want a husband that's like Moses at work and Aaron at home. But you don't get that. You want a man that's a giant outside the house and a mouse inside the house. You want a man's man that wears silk. I could have reworded that. You want a man's man that wears pink. You won't see me in pink. You want a roughneck hulk of a man with an intuitively sensitive nature. And you can't have both. They don't come together. Men, I'm not going to leave you out. You want a woman that will help you make a living but that does not expect you to help her do the housework. People were surprised. My wife worked 44 years in the bank. Help me, help me make it. We're a team together. I never made enough, really. At least she didn't think so. So she went to work early on. I understood when she worked eight-hour day, you know, eight, nine-hour day, that I had to help her with the housework. And people were surprised to find that I did laundry and oftentimes did laundry and oftentimes would do the dishes and oftentimes would sweep the house and oftentimes would dust the house and clean the house and helped her much as I knew to help her. I think that was just a reasonable thing to do if I was going to ask her to work outside the house. Man! Women, you want a dynamic man that you can tell him what to do. That woman that told me that she wanted her husband like she wanted a husband like me. She had a passive husband who basically she kind of ruled around and told what to do, and he was happy for it. And they're still married. They've been married many, many years, and that's a that's a workable. That's a workable combination. I don't like it, but it's a workable combination. I've been around aggressive women before, plenty of them. 
been around aggressive women, and I said to them, now you want to marry a passive man. You do not want to marry a, a man like you are because it won't last. You got to marry a compliment. That's why opposites attract. It's asset liability is what it is. It's really what it is. I'm not criticizing either way. I'm not criticizing the passive individual, the one that wants to be a peacemaker and be passive and wonderful. I'm also not criticizing the leader type. God makes us all. And by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we get better in whatever, however he's made us. Is that not right? Don't we have the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, stuff like that. You want a 71-year-old preacher? You get part of the verse. <laughs> Chris would have quoted the whole thing. You want a powerful, poignant, sin-hating preacher? Yeah, that never offends anybody. Can't have it. You want a preacher that stands up against sin but will never ask a woman to carry her baby out because he's crying. Aren't you worried about offending that woman? I'm more worried about her offending me and her offending everybody around her with a crying baby. That's why we don't have small children in our dream. Listen, you want a preacher that believes in what he's preaching is important enough for you to have an atmosphere to hear it. But then you want a preacher that never offends anybody when they bring their child in the auditorium. I've had both. I've been condemned on both sides. Men, you want a woman to be as attractive as Marilyn Monroe, be as aggressive at work as Jane Fonda, come home and behave like Mother Teresa, and cook like Aunt Jemima. But that's not what you got. What you got was one that looks like Aunt Jemima, (laughs) fights like Jane Fonda, and cooks like Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Women, you want a Superman outside the house and a Clark Kent inside the house. Oh, I want me a I want me a Superman. Yeah, well, oh boy, women want a women want a want a want a, want a Superman. You know, the weightlifting, bodybuilding, big six pack. They can boss around. That never turns into the Incredible Hulk. How many men here have ever turned into the Incredible Hulk? Raise your hand. Confess your sin. I've turned into the Incredible Hulk. Man, I've gone nuts before. Come on, I only saw three, four hands. Now, there has got to be some more Incredible Hulks. I saw Nick. I believe that to be true. Some of you ladies, too, by the way. Some of you ladies, uh, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. It's unreasonable to expect 
a strong leadership without some dominance. It's not reasonable to want strong leadership without some dominance. There's a liability to that. It's just, you know, you want a, you want a can-do guy that gets things done and makes things happen, but you don't want the liability part of that individual. you got to have it. Now, you know, obviously not a, not a, those are to be balanced in, in, in the thing. You cannot have protection and provision without possession. You get that? You cannot have wisdom without opinionatedness. You cannot have zeal without impatience. I go to doctors quite a bit. I don't want to, but I have to. I go to doctors quite a bit. Very opinionated group of people. Very opinionated group of people. But you know why? They know stuff. I don't want a doctor that's not opinionated. If he don't believe in what he says, why would I believe it? Right? I want a doctor that has studied to the place and he's gone to the trouble and he knows this stuff. When he comes in and tells me to do this and I tell him, well, I don't think so. He said, where'd you get your degree? Google? Here's what the trouble is. People want a dominant wimp. <laughs> they want a submissive general, a patriotic pacifist, a passionate eunuch. Women want a passionate man oftentimes, and I've had him in my office, and, you know, I want a passion, and they don't want him, but they don't want him being, they don't, they, I got to say this carefully. <laughs> they don't want him chasing around the house all the time. Well, when you get a passionate man, expect him to chase you around the house. They want an outgoing recluse. That's why it fails. That's why the relationships fail. That's why they fail because they get so dissatisfied by not accepting the liability of the, of the asset. You cannot have the warmth of a fire without the potential of being burned. Makes sense to you. You cannot have, you know, the, if I may say it this way, the same water that refreshes you can drown you. The same gun that protects you can kill you. You got to understand this asset liability truth of the Bible. Thank God for strength, but expect to see some corresponding weakness. It's how you get along for 25 years with your employer. It's how you get along as husband and wife for 52 years or as the Binghams, 70 years. It's how you have long-term relationships with people is you have to understand the asset versus the liability. We have a deacon board. I think with the deacon pastors now, it's about 18 guys. 
And we got a whole diverse, diverse group of 18 people. We got literally, we got about covered, you know. And sometimes somebody in a deacon's meeting will get up and blah, 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 blah. But I expect it. Because that's their, in some degree, their asset, and in some degree, their liability. Sometimes they'll be impatient. I expect it. Sometimes it's their liability in some cases. You can't have the strength without the liability. Thank God for the strength. Don't grow bitter at this. Don't grow bitter at the weakness. There is a corresponding weakness that comes with the strength. Don't grow bitter at it. Forgive them. Because you got the same thing going on. Forgive them. Have mercy on them. Have a little patience with them. Yeah, but I like this, but I don't like that. Well, you can't have the both. You're going to have to have both of them. You're going to have, you're not going to be able to take one away from the other way. As a person grows in Christ, it gets better and better, no doubt. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God trims off a lot of the roughness, all that. Uh, but but you got to expect some of it. Hey, I, I've been a Christian a long time. I've been in the Word of God. I've been in church, Bible-believing, fundamental, Baptist, King James Church since I was two years old. I've been to revivals untold and missions conferences and vacation Bible schools and Every kind of thing you can imagine. I've been exposed to the Bible. I've gone to Bible school for six years. I have been a pastor all these years and preaching four or five times a week, studying the Bible relentlessly. And once in a while, I still am a jerk. I hate it. Once in a while, I'm unreasonable. Once in a while, I turn into the Incredible Hulk. I told this story before. I bought a new set of headsets for my TV because I'm hard of hearing. And they're expensive headsets. And when I bought them, you ever buy something you just think's really too much money and you shouldn't buy it, Max? You've done that for sure. Uh, <laughs> and you just think it's a little too much money. And you bought it anyway. That's what I did with those headsets. I went, I went to Best Buy and I said, I said, uh, I want the best pair of headsets you got. And they had some long German name. And I said, how much are they? $350. $350 for a set of headsets. $350. And I don't know about you. To me, that's a lot of money. And I didn't call my wife and ask her. That may not be a bad idea in some cases, but I didn't do it. And so I, I went and bought him, and I brought him home, and I didn't, it was before church. I bought him, I brought him, and we had Wednesday night prayer meeting coming up, and I needed to hurry around. I didn't have time to get them all set up, and I had them, I had them all, I had, I thought I had them set up, but I set them down beside my chair, and I didn't, I just had to go. I had to get dressed and had to come to prayer meeting, and, and so I came to prayer meeting, and I left them set there, and I was, couldn't wait till I got home at night to try them on, to see how they did. And so my wife got home before me that night from prayer meeting. I had some things I had to do at prayer meeting. In our prayer group, we, we last quite a while over there. And so we prayed late, and I got home after her. And so we get, I go into the house. I'm just eager to get in there and try my head, so see if I can hear, hear the TV. And I walk into a very strange sight. She's sitting on the sofa, kind of leaning forward, like she's having trouble hearing, and I can just hear a little sound coming out of somewhere, but I don't know quite where it's coming out of. And I, 
Finally, I said, Kathy, what's wrong? She said, I don't know the TV. I can't get it to work. And I got the volume all the way up. And what she's hearing is out of my brand new headset, blowing the speaker on my brand new headset by jacking the sound off. So she, she didn't have enough... Man, I just got done preaching, praying, being with God, and went home, and I just went ballistic. I mean, I got red-faced Baptist preacher ballistic. I was shouting, are you so ignorant that you can't tell where the sound's coming from? You don't hear it, it's coming out of those. You're going to break the speaker on my brand new $350, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was a flash. It was a flash. She started crying. Went off into the bedroom. And I sat there by myself. As you always do when you're angry like that. Because nobody wants to be around you. And I thought, what? kind of a Christian am I? What kind of a preacher am I? Oh, if they could see me now. And one more time, I had to go and ask her to forgive me. Boy, I've asked her to forgive me a lot of times. I wish I could tell you this morning that I'm totally sanctified. I, I wish I could believe the doctrine that the Methodists for years years uh, propagated as a, a perfection. They believe you come to a place where you never sin again. I wish I could tell you that. Thank God my wife didn't leave me. And the reason she didn't leave me is because she understood that that was just a once in a while weakness that came with a general strength. Don't grow bitter at weaknesses. Paul was fearless and bold. Peter was strong and a leader. Barnabas was strong and a diplomat. John was compassionate and sensitive. All demonstrated these strengths, but all demonstrated the corresponding weaknesses. Will it be different with you? If you can understand this about yourself and your spouse, your friends, and your co-workers, you will begin to appreciate them and realize that their weaknesses are part of who they are and that you can, by the grace of God, tolerate their weaknesses as they tolerate your weaknesses. And every one of you wives in this auditorium have been married to the same man for a long time know what I'm talking about. And every one of you husbands been married to the same woman for a long time in this auditorium, know exactly what I'm talking about. And every one of you that have stuck around an employer or an employee long enough or you've worked for the same place long enough know what I'm talking about. I believe we should, by the grace of God, accept the liability with the asset. 
Now, it's wrong to get crazy mad like I did. It's wrong. It never was right, never was, never will be right. Couldn't be right. But it's forgivable. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. I stand before you and need a cleansing like you need a cleansing. My feet are clay just like your feet are clay. I struggle in some of those areas of asset liability just like you struggle in them. May God help us understand it. May God help us have some compassion. May God help us to stick with each other all the way home. Father, I pray that you'd give wisdom and understanding this morning to this truth, that you'd cause it to penetrate through the darkness Get into the long-term memory. Save marriages, save relationships. Would there be anybody here without Christ as their personal Savior? Of course, they struggle with this without Christ. They struggle with it without the Holy Spirit. They struggle with it without the Bible's guidance and help. They struggle with it without, without victory. Maybe you'd like to... Investigate what it means to be saved and know Christ your personal Savior. For the vast majority of you people have come here this morning claiming Christ as your Savior. You know this to be true. May God help us to have compassion one for another. Forgiveness one for another. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.